This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How's everybody doing today? You guys awake? Or should I have the band come back up and we'll do another round? Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know, I'm not Pastor Mike. I am the better looking of the two. I got a lot of people saying amen over here. I don't know what you guys are doing over here, but uh, you guys need to ca- uh, catch up with them, okay? Um, Pastor Mike and Joan, they, uh, they decided to get away for a little rest and reprieve. How many of you guys know it's nice to get away for rest and reprieve? Right? Amen? It's all, it's all good. And, uh, um, and so uh, we know that they're blessed by that, but uh, um, the beat goes on. And I don't know about you, but I hope that you came expecting something. I hope you came, uh, you know, expecting, well, I came expecting Pastor Mike. I didn't come expecting you. Well, that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is, is that I hope that you came expecting to get something from your Heavenly Father. I'm just a conduit. I'm just a person that's here. I, I prepared what it is that I prepare, but then the Holy Spirit picks up where I leave off because we all know that uh, I'm a human being. There's things that I don't get right. We all, none of us are perfect, but I know that today uh, God is going to speak to hearts of uh, people that are expecting, right? When you read the Word of God and you, you look through the Word of God uh, time and time and time again, guys, it, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of the heart, you know, any issues that, that people have or, or, or defeats or victories and things like that, it, it's a matter of the heart. You know, God will talk about their heart, how it got hard or, or, or how it was open. And so I just encourage you guys, you know, you know maybe, maybe you don't want to be here. Maybe somebody drug you here. Maybe there's things you'd rather be doing. I would just encourage you to say, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to open up my heart right now. And uh, so let's just pray real quick and then we'll get into it and uh, trust that the Holy Spirit will take, uh, take the lead here. Father, we just come before you today. I thank you so much for this opportunity that I have to come and share your word, Father. I know that it's your word, Lord, that, that divides between spirit and soul. I know that it's your word that transforms and changes lives, Father. And so today we put our faith our trust, our reliance in you, Father, that you are the one that is going to do the changing. You're the one that's going to do the transforming. And we thank you, Father, for it. And everybody that agreed said, amen, amen. amen. Well, uh, you know, in preparing for today, I decided that I'd start off with a story because you guys all like stories. Everybody likes a good story, right? And uh, I want to tell you about a story about a time that uh, this was about three years ago, uh, my dad and my brother and my brother-in-law, we all have the, the opportunity, I mean, it's a privilege is really what it is, to go out and uh, go to Montana, and uh, we, we go out there to help the state uh, mitigate some uh, rodent, the rodent population is really what we're doing. But when we go out there, we're on this ranch, and uh, uh, they have this, this, I call it a mountain. Like, from where I'm at, I mean, this thing's a mountain. They call it a, a butte, right, a butte. But I call it a mountain. Why do I call it a mountain? Because I've been to the mountains, right? And the sides of mountains are steep, 
Am I right? I mean, anybody that's been to the mountains, they're rocky, they're sandy, you could fall off of them and die, right? That's what this is. A butte, in my mind, is more of a hill, right? Something you'd go sledding down, something you'd lived to tell about. And so, anyway, I call it Baldy the Mountain. They call it Baldy the Butte. And so, um, I wasn't in this conversation, and I won't name the person that's sitting in this room that actually kind of went around the, the backside and, 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 and set this thing up to go to the top of this, this mountain on a horse, on a horse. I was not a part of this conversation, right? Listen, the day before, I had ridden a horse a quarter mile down the road. Let me just tell you, if you don't ride a horse and you get on a horse and you ride it more than a quarter of a mile in a galloping mode, it hurts right? And, and you're in pain and you can't wait to get back to the barn. Now I know there's people in here, they're horse lovers and they're saying this man is a, is a weakling. He, he needs to really, you know, man up. But I'm telling you the day before I'd been out there on this horse. So I come back and come to find out my brother-in-law, Glenn. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that out loud. He, he scheduled a seven mile horse ride to the top of a mountain, right? Okay, so I brought this picture. Okay, I just want to set the stage. Now, this is, this is the top of a butte, also known as a mountain, right? You can, now, now listen, this video, it doesn't do it justice. Can you scrub it back to the beginning? Yeah, just pause right there. Stop right there. Okay, you see, you see the steepness of some of the surrounding hills, okay? Now, in order to get where it is that we got this picture, it's so beautiful, right, and pristine. But listen, it, it wasn't this beautiful and pristine getting to this point, okay? I don't know if it's easy to see, but there's some, there's some valleys, there's some hills, there's some really steep things, there's rattlesnakes out there, there's bushes, and there's seven miles between you and the barn, right? So I'm just going to leave that picture up there while we tell this story because, you know, the thing is, is that as we headed down the road, the pain began to grow more and more and more. And I knew I was in trouble. But, you know, as you left the barn, everything was great. It was easy. It was flat, you know, or traveling down a road. And then all of a sudden we dive off of the road and we're going off road. And, you know, it was really cool because some of the places that we went, you know, you you know, you could walk there, but you can't ride a four-wheeler there. You can't ride a, you know, you can maybe ride a dirt bike there. But it just, just like flowing with nice green grass and just, it was nice. And it's like, ah, oh, this is great. You know, there was moments, very, very few moments. I just want to drive that point home. There were very few moments where it was like, oh, right, you're where you were enjoying it. But then there were moments where it's like, you, you know, you're, you're going up a hill in an embankment that's, that's really pretty sandy and gravelly. And it's like, man, you know, and, and, and I didn't bring a picture of this, but the guy, our guide was uh, none other than Rusty the Man Phelan. I call him the man because this guy is a true blue uh, cowboy, right? I mean, he, he's such a cowboy and he's such a man that like there's on his days when he's not really doing cowboy work, he'll wear Crocs right, out, out in this terrain, and, uh, you know, he grew up on the farm, and he, he grew up around horses, I mean, he just, I can remember watching him just put this one horse into his place, and, you know, every time you go out there, you're just like, man, I just want to be like rusty, you know, and so, so, you know, 
when you get on the horse, you're like, man, you know, there's this trust. There's this reliance. Why? Because you're, I was asking Rusty, you know, are, are, are you sure about this? He's like, yeah, it's fine. You're, you're fine. You're going to be okay. You know, just, just let the horse do the work. Just ride the horse, you know. And I mean, through all these hills and all these valleys, you know, and, and you'd come into these, 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 you know, places that were really, really steep, you would then again question Rusty, you know, like, are you sure this is okay? Yeah, it's fine. You're going to be fine. You know, and, and the first three quarters of the, the trip was great. But I mean to tell you guys, we started getting closer to what's called Baldy. And I thought to myself, my God in heaven, we're going up there on a horse? I mean, I was, I, I'm going to just be honest with you. I was afraid. I was afraid. I was in fear because it's like, listen, I don't think this, I, I mean, I was questioning the, the validity of my horse and its ability to climb this, this very, very steep hill. But he's just, he just reassured. He's like, it's fine. These horses are made to do this. They do this all the time. It'll be fine. Little did he know the pain and the agony that I was in riding this horse, right? And I can remember, there was, I wish I could have gotten it on video, but there was no way, because why? You're holding on for dear life with every single appendage on your body, right? And so, so this first one, I kid you not, guys, I kid you not, okay? It was, it was, it was this steep, right? So I'm trying to give you guys a visualization of what I look like on this horse, right? Because we had gone five or six miles. I was tired. And, 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 and they're all, you know, these horses, I mean, they're flying up this thing, right? And this horse got a mind of its own by the time I get there. I, I hold on, like I went from the reins, like, you know, like a, like a cowboy would do because I wanted to be like Rusty, to holding on to, you know, the horn on a saddle. Have you guys ever ridden a horse? Right, there's this horn, okay? I know it's for other things. I know it's for rope and calves and all those things. That's not what I used for, okay? I grabbed onto this horn, and I kid you not, my feet were off the back of the horse like this for your visualization, like this, like this. I'm holding on like this, guys. See this? Like this. I'm like, I'm like, and I, I, this horse nearly ran right out from underneath me. I'm holding onto this horn like it's, like nobody's business and we get to the top and I look at Rusty and I'm like are you you're crazy I can't believe you you took me out here and and I nearly died my my horse nearly ran out from underneath me and that was the precursor to this giant mountain we weren't even to the top right and and so just to give you a visualization okay the, the baldy it is a path. I kid you not, the path is as wide as this, this aisle right here. And it is, and, and on this side right here, it is a sheer drop off, like straight down, okay? And over here on this side, it is trees. Like you can't go through them. They're, they're evergreen trees. They're all grown together. So you have this path about 10 feet wide. And, and, and you can see it. When you get up there, you're like, we're not, we're not going up that, are we? And Rusty's like, oh yeah, we're going up that. And so, you know, I made it this far and I had a death grip on that horn and I got my legs off of the back of the horse and back down onto my, my uh, uh, saddle. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we've come this far. Let's just go the rest of the way. So we make it to the top. And so 
I say all this, and you guys are probably wondering, why, what on earth I thought this was church? I'm telling you, there is a parallel to our walk with Christ, our faith walk, okay? And here's how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this in. Our lives are, are kind of like the trip to the top of Baldy, right? There's times where there's a highway, and it's smooth sailing, and everything's good to go, and we're, everything's fine right? Then the next thing you know, you kind of dive off into the bushes and it's like, whoa, what's this, you know? But you got a big tall horse and you're riding through and it's not a big deal. Then there's times when you're in the valley, right? And there's obstacles, there's things that are coming up, there's rattlesnakes that are trying to get you. Then you come into times where, what? You're looking at this hill and it's like, I, I, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how I'm going to get up there. I don't know. And, you know, and, and, and I guess the point is, guys, is that so oftentimes, you know, in our lives, you know, in this walk of faith, so, so many times we look at people that are in front of us. We look at people, you know, like the Rusties of life that, that, are, that, that they, know it, they, they know it like the back of their hand, you know, and it's not a big deal. And, and we, we, we look at their faith and we're saying, well, their faith's better than mine. And their faith is more perfect than mine. And my faith is not on their level, right? And so the point that I'm trying to make is, is that, guys, we are all on different levels of faith. And, and, and God wants us to come up. He wants to, to help us. He's there. He's just like Rusty. He, he's, 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 he's encouraging us. He's saying we can do it. He's with us there. Now, there were times Rusty was not there. I was like, where is that man, you know, trying to help me? But, but he's there. You know, and, 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 and when we're on this path of life, he's there with us. And, and, and so I think that, you know, we look at these greats, you know, you take like Billy Graham and, and uh, you know, Joyce Myers and different people. And it's like, you know, they have this level of faith that it's like, I, I, I could never be there. You know, but when I think about that, I think, you know, th those are all great places. Those are people that have obeyed God. They've done great things. But I think about, you know, like the first time visitor that comes into our church that maybe didn't grow up in church. And they're, they're on a completely different level. They're just, they're, you know, they might have major issues. They might be dealing with alcohol or maybe they got some family related issues and they're coming into church for the first time and they're like, I don't know what that song was. I don't know what that person just did over there. But, but, but how is it that my faith, why does it matter? What is, what is faith going to, to do in this situation of my life? That's, that's what I think about. I think about you know, um, uh, maybe a couple that, that uh, is in debt and they're, and they're, you know, month after month, they're doing what it is that they know to do and, and they can't seem to get out of debt. And, and I think about them, I think about what is, why does faith matter to that couple? You know, and, and, and so you can see, guys, that we're all in different places. We're all, all in different places. But God cares about us. And he's given us his word. He's given us some instructions. You know, when it comes to this whole faith walk, you know, I don't know about you, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. You know, and so sometimes you, you look at your life, you look at how you're doing things, and it's like, man, that wasn't perfect. You know, and maybe you kind of take yourself down a notch. And you look at, you know, you come into another situation and you don't handle that right. And you don't feel like, well, I don't really feel like I walked in faith like, you know, like I was told, like pastor told me to, you know, and so you take yourself down another notch, you know, but, but what I'm here to encourage you guys today and is, is that we're going to look at the life of Joshua, you know, and, and what I am encouraged in is that, you know, we, we, we look at Joshua's life and we, we think, you know, he did such great things, you know, and he did. 
But there are moments where he didn't do the best. He didn't, and, and we'll look at that. And so, you know, um, Jesus told us something in Matthew 17, 20. Look at this. It says in 17, 20, it says, I tell you that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. You know, and, and when I think about this, guys, I think about, like Jesus says, all you got to do is have faith as a mustard seed, right? Do you have the mustard seed card? Okay, I don't need a lot. I just need one. Here, let me have that one. Look at this, guys. So on this card, she circled it with a pen so that you could see it. That's a mustard seed. I mean, I hadn't seen a mustard seed until, until they started coming to this church, and she, she gives these cards out, right? And so, you know, when you look at a mustard seed, it's like, you know, Jesus, why would you use the illustration of a tiny little mustard seed, right? Like, why wouldn't you say, you know, if you had the faith of a watermelon seed, right? Anybody, everybody in here is choked on a watermelon seed, right? Until they started, you know, manipulating these watermelons so they don't have seeds. But when I was a kid, I can remember eating these watermelons, you know, or swallowing three or four of them. We know the size of a watermelon seed, right? We've all swallowed one of those. Or, you know, a pumpkin seed, right? When, you, when you're doing the old pumpkin carving thing and you get in there, and, you know, I remember nearly throwing up, man. See, you know, the smell of it just, I can understand that kind of a seed. So Jesus, why? Why would you use a mustard seed? But the point is, is that it's, it's if you have the faith, you can move the mountain. So it's really not a matter of, of size, per se, right? I, I know there's illustrations in the Bible that talk about great, great faith and small faith and, and big faith and little faith, but the point is this, that Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, right? It'll happen. And so, so the point that I'm getting at is, is that it's about our faith. It's about the fact that we have faith. And so let's look at Joshua here uh, in Numbers 13. And you guys, you guys, kind of, you, you probably remember the story of Joshua, but you know, his faith grew. And there's a couple of instances, I, and to kind of help explain to you where I'm going here, we're going to talk about when, when Joshua was like in his 20s, something, you know, 20, I don't know his exact date, age, it doesn't matter. He was young, right? And then what we're going to do is we're going to fast forward. Uh, passed to when he was probably in his 60s uh, to a, uh, 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 something that happened in his life. And then what we're going to do is we're going to rewind and we're going to come back and we're going to look at what God told him to do right before he went into the promised land. And what, is, what it's going to do, guys, is it's going to help us. It's going to help us in our walk. It's going to help us in our faith. It's going to help us to understand that, you know what? This faith walk might not be perfect, but God is with us. God is for us. He's not against us. He wants, he wants the very best for us. He wants us to grow and he wants us to increase. So let's look here in Numbers 13. Look at what it says. It says that the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. Okay. For each ancestral tribe, send out one leader so that the Lord's command, uh, Moses, he sent out from the desert of Paran and all of the leaders out to, of the Israelites. 
And so, so for those of you that don't maybe know this story, right? Um, Moses is instructed by God to send out some leaders uh, of the 12 tribes of Israel, just 12 representatives, to go out, check out this land, okay? And so Moses obeys, and Joshua was one of the spies. And so we pick it up here in verse 26. It says that they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community of Kadesh in the desert, and they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land, okay? And they gave Moses this account because when they were there, uh, and I'll just just preface this, that they were there, everything was exactly what God said. God said that the land flowed with milk and honey. He said that it was, it was rich and it was bountiful. It had fruit. Like they had grapes. They were carrying two between a guy. I mean, those would be awesome. I like grapes. Those things are good. But, you know, I mean, it, it was everything that God said it was going to be. And so here they, these 12 spies, they go out for 40 days. They come back and they're giving in a report to uh, Moses. And it says here in verse 27, they gave him, uh, Moses this account. We went into the land uh, to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. And here's the fruit. But the people who live there are very powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, and the Amalekites uh, live there, the Hittites, the Jebusites, all these different ites. And it goes on, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we are, are, um, can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with them said, we can't attack those people. We, uh, they are stronger than we. And they, spent, uh, uh, they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. And in verse 33, it says that when they saw uh, the people, uh, they were like grasshoppers in their own eyes. So what happened, guys, is that, you know, 10 of the 12 spies, they go in, man, and they're like, there is, yeah, everything's exactly what God and Moses has been telling us. It looks the way that it's, that it's supposed to be. And, and so they come back and they have, a, uh, they have this bad report. And so if you're taking notes, uh, my first point is this, is that the, that the promises of God are true regardless of the circumstances around you. They're true. The promises are true. And I think that that's what happens to us a lot is, is that we get our eyes on everything else that's around us. We get our eyes on the, the Amorites. We get our eyes on the, the descendants of Anak. We get our eyes on, um, you know, uh, all the things that, that we in our own strength cannot overcome. And, and, and so we end up in this place where we, we need to realize that the promises of God are true regardless of the circumstances. And, and their, faith was real, their faith was really based on what they saw with their eyes instead of what they knew in their hearts. And so, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so, you know, it doesn't really matter what our circumstances, uh, you know, say, what they look like. It's no different. You know, what was going on then is no different than what's going on now. We got circumstances all around. We could go around the room and, and we could list off a, 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 a list of circumstances a mile long. But the point is, is that it does not change the, uh, that God is true and that his promises are true. Uh, the next point is this, is that faith is viewing the situation through God's ability, not our own. 
Now listen, guys, I, I, you know, I might be up here speaking, but I, I tell you, in my walk with Christ, there are definitely times where I'm not looking at God's ability. I'm getting my eyes on everything that's around me, and I'm getting my eyes on my own ability or the lack thereof. Right? A lot of times that's where the enemy takes us. It's like, you can't do this. You can't say that. You, you're, you're not good enough. You can't, you know, you'd never be able to attain that. But our eyes have to be on His ability, His power, His strength. And I think that the thing is, is when it comes to this, this whole faith walk, a lot of times we're, we're analyzing the size, the strength of our faith and what it is that we have and we haven't done. And God's saying, that's not the point at all. He's, saying all, he's just saying, listen, I just need you to have faith in me that I am a good God, that I am a great God, that I am a powerful God, and that I am here for you. And that's what he wants us to do is to keep our eyes on him. And, and so faith is viewing the situation through God's ability and not our own. And, and, and you know, when we look at those spies, 10 of them weren't doing that. They were looking at their own, their own power, their own strength. We would never be able to take those people. We would never be able to. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. And, 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 but yet Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit about them, right? This was, this was really a victory in my mind for a young Joshua because he was with Caleb and he was standing with Caleb. And he's like, no, no, we can go up. Our God is faithful. Our God is great. He, he has made multiple promises to us. All we have to do is be obedient and keep our eyes and our view upon Him. Look at what it says here. And, and, and this was the, the response of fear of the first 10. In Numbers 14.2, 4, uh, it says, If only we had died in Egypt. Right? So God had brought them through this land. He's getting ready to bring them into the promised land. And these guys, these, these people are saying, If only we had died in Egypt. Or in the wilderness, why is God uh, um, bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives, our children are taken. Wouldn't it be better for us to just go back to Egypt? You know, when I think about that, I want you guys to remember this response because we're going to read this a little bit later. You know, we, we look at that and we're like, oh, it's, it's a terrible response. Why would anybody respond that way? But look at what, Look at what the faith response was with Joshua and Caleb in Numbers 14, uh, verse 7. It says, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of this other guy, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes, and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people in the land because we will devour them. So the first ten are like, listen, we're going to get devoured. And these two guys were like, no, we're going to devour them. It goes on to say, their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Can I tell you guys today? The Lord is with us. The Lord is with you. No matter what situation you find yourselves in, you might be that new person. You might be that person that's in debt. You might be that single mom that drags three kids to church and no one in your life is helping you and, and, and it's only God that can help you. I don't know who, where you are at, but God is with you. Hebrews 11.6 says it this way, and without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. So, so if we're going to please God, 
We just have to have faith. Just the faith of a mustard seed. It can be really, really tiny. But he's just saying, listen, if you want to please me, have faith. Now, the people were afraid. They weren't in fear, or they were not in faith. They were looking back and not trusting God. But Joshua and Caleb, they had faith. And they were talking to God, you know, taking God at his word. You know, and, and when, I, when you think about this, um, you know, that was that first one, right? When, when Joshua was young, he was a young man. He's like, listen, we are well able. He, looked at, he, look, he, he kept his eyes on God. He didn't look at the circumstances around him. He didn't listen to all the people and all the other 10 spies that were with him. He stood up. He stood strong in the promise of his God. That, that God was going to deliver him. And so, so here he is as a young man. That's that first one. And, and, and we look at that and it's like, man, that's so awesome. I wish that I could be that way. I wish I could do that. Now I want to fast forward to, to another uh, verse of Scripture and it's found in Joshua 7. Okay, and, and, and just to give you a little precursor to what's going on here, uh, as we fast forward down the road to Joshua 7, Moses is gone, Okay. Moses is gone, and Joshua is the leader, right? And, and the Lord comes in, and he speaks to, to Joshua, and he, tells him all the, he gives him all these instructions. He tells him exactly what to do. They walk across the Jordan. They go into the, to, to the promised land, and the Lord says, okay, you're going to go, and you're going to take the city of Jericho. And so they go in. They do exactly what the Lord tells them to do. They take Jericho. You guys know that story of, of, of just, I mean, the Lord asked him to go out and do what? Walk around the city? We're going to go out and walk around the city one time, and then, you know, each day, and then the, the, the uh, seventh day, we're going to walk around there. I'm like, you know, so they have this victory, and so this is where we're at. This is right after that battle, right after that victory that Joshua had, and uh, we see it right here in Joshua 7. Look what it says. Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you're going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from the enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe us off the face of the earth. Now, I forgot to tell you that they, were get, they, they basically were going to go into this next city, which was Ai right? So there was Jericho, and then the next city that they were going to take was Ai. They sent in some spies, and they said, hey, you know what? There's not very many people. We only need two or three thousand. So Joshua sends in two or three thousand, but what ends up happening is, is the Amorites killed 36 of the, the Israelites. And so the Israelites, you know, retreat back to Joshua, and Joshua's like, what? What is going on? You know, and, and do you guys remember that verse of scripture that we looked at in Numbers 14? It sounds identical. The parallel is identical because it's like, why did you bring us out here? First, it was like, why did you bring us out into the wilderness, right? That's what the children of Israel were saying is, why'd you bring us out here? We, might, we should have just stayed in Egypt, right? We're going to just die. And now jo here's Joshua. They're in the promised land. They just had a victory and he is questioning his God. He's questioning. His faith is, is, in a, in a, is in a low point in his life where he's, he's struggling. 
He's looking at the mountain. He's looking at the hill. He's looking at the defeat that is in his life. And he's on the ground and he's crying. He's tearing his clothes, him and some other guys, and they're throwing dirt on themselves. I don't know what that's all about, but I guess, you know, maybe some of us have done that too in our times of struggle, in our times of challenge, right? We're might be driving down the road and we're shouting at God or, or we're mad at God. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. But here he is. And, and I think the thing is, guys, is that we celebrate Joshua, that, that he was this man of great faith and great power, and he was. But I, I want to I highlight the fact that, that there was a moment in his life where he wasn't necessarily in strong, great faith. He was in this moment of time where he was asking questions. And he was saying, why, Lord? Now, I know that he didn't have all the information, but, what, but I guess what I'm getting at, guys, is that in our walk with Christ, in our faith walk, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be like, Lord, I, I don't understand what's going on here. I think that what we have to understand, though, is, is that we don't allow the questions in our mind and in our lives to become greater than our faith. It can't, they can't become so great and we can't stay in that place you know, where we're asking and asking and asking and crying and crying that, that we don't say, you know what? I don't understand it, Lord, but I'm going to move on. I'm, I'm going to get my eyes pointed back to you. I'm going to start looking back to you for what it is that you said, for what it is that you promised. I don't understand why this happened, but what I do know is that you're a good God. And look at what it says here. It says here um, in Joshua 7.10, it says, But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? I missed a point. Your faith can seem small compared to the problems. That was one point before that, if you're taking notes. All the studious people. Why do I say that? That your faith can seem small compared to the problems? We've all been there, right? We, we go to a place, maybe it's a, a doctor's office, and we're sitting there, and we get a report. And we're not sitting in church. Like when we're sitting in church, it's like, yeah, yes, let's take the mountain, let's do it. But then when we're by ourselves, right? And we're, we're in that place, or maybe we're in the quiet of our home, or we're in our bedroom, and there's something that, that is staring us in the faith, uh, our face, our faith might seem. Now that's the key word. I'm not saying that the problems are bigger than our faith. I'm just saying that our faith and what it is that, that is inside of us and our self-talk, it can seem smaller than the problem. But you have to remember that Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain. So the, 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 the essence of what it is that we're getting at is, is that if you've got faith, you've got victory. It may not look like it, it may not feel like it. But I think that that's, a, that's, that's a, a large part of it as we as human beings is this whole emotional side of things, the feeling side of things, where it's like, you know, God created us to have feelings. He did. I mean, you know, we all, some of us are more emotional than others. I know some people, they'll watch a, a Netflix show and cry. I mean, you know, some crazy things. But, you know, the Lord designed us and that's okay. But, but the point is, is and, and we see this right here with Joshua, man. He's on the ground, and he's crying, and he's throwing dirt on himself. God said, okay, that's enough. It's time to get up. And that's what I love about, our, about God, is that he loves us so much. 
He cares for us so much. I mean, even in our times where we're not walking on the water, even in our times where we're not, you know, dividing the Red Sea, He cares. And He, and he sees us. And he, he cares about our situation. And He has us in the palm of His hand. And He's there for us. But it's up to us. You know, there's, there's some responsibility that we have. We've got to have that mustard seed faith. Number two, there's going to be times where we just have to get up, even though it's tough, even though it's difficult. You know, we could, we could talk about David, you know, when, when uh, you know, they, they came in and stole everything and they took the wives and the children and all that. We could, we, there's, there's story after story that talk about that, where people suffered defeat, but they got up. And, and so what did he do? He got up. So these are two defining moments that, that I wanted to show you guys just to help you to see that, you know what? There's going to be times where, man, I'm strong in faith and I'm doing really good. There's going to be times where maybe my faith doesn't seem strong, but you know what? He didn't tell me to worry about the perfection of my faith. He just told me to have mustard seed faith. And so the promises of God are true regardless of the circumstances. Faith is viewing the situation through God's ability, not our own. So if you've got a Bible and you want to turn over to Joshua 1, we're going to look at kind of, we're going to rewind back to the middle of the story. Because in my mind, guys, Joshua, you know, he had this up moment. He had this down moment. But there was another moment where God said some things to him. And I believe that the things that he said to Joshua are what defined his life. They're what helped him to press past those, those spots. They were, I think that that moment is, it helped him to stand up when God said, get up. And so look at what it says right here in um, Joshua 1. Let's see, do I have those slides? Yeah, I do. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord uh, said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, uh, my Moses, uh, Moses' servant is dead. Now then, you are all these people. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give you, the Israelites. I will give you every place where your foot goes, as I promised Moses. In verse 5, it says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. That's a pretty good promise, right? And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will, uh, you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to your ancestors. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left. I, I, I got to tell you guys, listen, you need to go home and you need to read Joshua 1 all week long because it's, it's just a great d- uh, direction that is given to him in this time. It's, it's a, a transitional time. He's walking into leadership and God is telling him, listen, there are some challenges that are coming your way. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be valleys. There's going to be really steep spots in your life. And I, I need you to not turn to the left or to the right. I need you to know that I am with you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting a little excited here. Okay, verse 8. It says, keep the book of the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night uh, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written. Then you will prosper and be successful. So I want to go through uh, um, some pivotal steps that, that I believe Joshua took for victory in his life. The first one is this. Be confident that God is on your side. We have to be confident. 
It goes back to that point that it's like we can't allow our circumstances to be big, bigger or greater than who our God is. We have to be confident that God is on our side. Be strong. That's what he told us. He told us, he, he told Joshua multiple times in that verse of scripture, be strong and be courageous. Look at what it says in, in verse five. It says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. There's people in here that you need to know he will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel like, you may feel like he's left you or he has forsook you. But he says in his word, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Number two, the number two thing that, that uh, Joshua did was he followed and obeyed God's word. Joshua 1.7 says, be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the left or to the right that you may be successful in whatever it is that you do. And I got to tell you guys, listen, when it comes to this left and right thing, you know, I've really been challenged with that in my own life here lately. You know, that there are things in my life that they're not necessarily sin, but they're just causing me to kind of turn off and, and get my focus on something that is, is, is not right. And it's, and it's hindering me from what it is that God's trying to do. You know, um, you know, when it comes to social media, you know, I've kind of set that aside and been, you know, like, you know what, I just need to set this aside because what it's, what it's bringing is not good. You know, another thing is, is um, another thing that I've really been kind of cognizant of is, is listening to the Holy Spirit in the smallest of things. And, and the Lord is so funny, you know, because it's like, we're going down through life and we're cruising down through life. It's like, yeah, you know, we're, we're you know, we got want victory and we're like, Lord, I want you to speak to me and I want to I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and all of those things, but we're not listening to the simplest of things. I'll give you a great example. Here a while back, this was at the beginning of the summer, I had to drain, let's see, no, this was in the fall because the, my pool has to be winterized, which if there's anybody in here that wants to winterize my pool coming up, I'd, help, I'd, I'd gladly take your help. But anyway, so what you got to do when you winterize the pool is you got to get rid, you got to get the pump and you got to take all the pipes off, Right? So I had been working, I, I was getting all this stuff done, and then we had to go somewhere. And I had pulled this pipe off and I laid it on the ground. And I was walking away and I was like, you need to do something with that pipe. And I didn't listen, Jim, I didn't listen, okay? And so a few days go by and I go walking out to my window and I look down at my pool and I'm like, there's no water in my pool. And then I'm like, the Holy Spirit told me, he told me to do something with that pipe that was siphoning off all the water in my pool, right? So it's the simple, simple little things, right? That the, the Holy Spirit's trying to say something. The question is, is are we listening and obeying? Are we listening and obeying? And then I know that, that Joshua, there were times where he didn't do that. He didn't, Lord, forgive me, help me next time. So in the simplest of things, it's like, okay, is that the Holy Spirit? Okay, no, we're good, we're good right? And you keep on moving. So number three, number three, actually, I'm sorry. Yeah. Number three is speak the word in your notes. Speak the word. Joshua 1, 8 says this, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Keep it on your lips. Speak it, declare it. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes 
by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so we have to continue to keep His words on our lips. You know, when we rewind and we think about that verse of Scripture, you know, when we, when we look at the Israelites, that's exactly what they didn't do. They did the exact opposite. What did they do? They kept a bad report on their lips. They kept complaining on their lips. They questioned leadership on their lips. They questioned God on their lips, right? Everything they were saying, everything that, they, that was coming out of their mouth was the exact opposite of what it is that God told Joshua, listen, keep the word, speak the word, and, and keep it on your lips, okay? Number four in your notes, meditate on the word. Joshua 1.8 says, meditate on it day and night so that you're careful to do everything written. Then you will be prosperous. Then you will have success. Look at what meditation uh, uh, means. Look at this. Meditate means to murmur. How many of you guys murmur? How many of you wives murmur at your husband when he doesn't take out the trash? How many of you husbands murmur when your wife doesn't have supper ready when you get home? Oh, I heard that. Oh, we got murmuring down. We got that down. We all do. But the Word of God says to murmur is you can murmur in pleasure or you can murmur in anger. By implication, to ponder, imagine, meditate, mutter, speak, talk, and utter. So the question is, what are you murmuring about? No, he's telling us, to murmur and, and, and to meditate, to murmur or to mutter, to talk to yourself. It's okay to talk to yourself. It's okay to encourage yourself. It's okay to say, you know what? This is what the Word of God says about this situation. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. I'm going over. I'm not going under. I, I walk in health and wholeness. He took his stripes for me. You know, all of these things, we need to be saying those things and keeping them in our lips. Otherwise, we end up closing our mouth and then we start thinking and looking at the circumstances and when we think and we 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 look it begins to take root in our heart and then it ends up coming out of our mouth and we end up murmuring murmuring in a negative way but uh, Joshua's saying listen keep the word on your mouth and meditate on it number five build a vision within your heart we didn't look specifically at this but but this is Shortly thereafter, in Joshua 6, it says that the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with the kings and fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. And six days, I want to build a vision of victory. So, you know, you, you ask the question, we ask the question, like, why would the Lord have them walk around the city for six days? But he was trying to show them something. He was trying to get something into them that's like, listen, I need you to get your eyes, get your eyes off the stuff, get your eyes off the circumstance, get your eyes off the walls, get your eyes off of, of the problems and get them on me. I'm going to do something in your life. It may not be on day one. It may not be on day two, right? So we have to keep our eyes on him. And uh, number six, Praise God like you already have the answer. 
Joshua 6.16 says, Seven times around, and when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord your God has given you the city. You know, that's the one thing I'm not very good at, you know, is, 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 is praising Him. But I think that in our lives, you know, a lot of times when I have things come up inside of me and, 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 or challenges that are against me, it's like, it's like, man, I need to praise God. I need to lift up my voice because I think that what that does is, is it's, it's like I said at the very beginning of the service, it opens up your heart and, it, and it's like, Lord, I give you the honor. I give you the praise. I give you, you know, and, and so instead of worshiping the, the problem or honoring the problem with our lips, we need to worship God. We say, you need to say, God, you're the one. You're the one that's, that's, that's glorious. You're the one that's my overcomer. You're the one that's going to help me through and, and, and begin to praise Him and allow His power to be unleashed. Number seven, keep God first and honor Him with your tithe. Joshua 6, uh, 17 says that the city and all that is in it and are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the, the prostitute, and all who were with her in the house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devo- devoted things. And so what that means, guys, is that, you know, uh, when, when Joshua and the Israelites came into the promised land and they, they, they marched around Jericho and the walls fell down, the instructions that God gave them were very, very clear. You don't touch a thing. The first city belongs to me. And, and so that's where we get this, this, this principle of, 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 of honoring God with our tithe, the first 10%. We're giving, you know, he gives us the strength. He gives us the ability to go out and work and do things. And, and he's asking for us to honor him with our first fruit. So, so that was the first fruit. And, I, and, and we can see here that we have to honor him with the tithe. So, so if you want success... We need to obey God's word. Now, listen, here's the thing. I got to tell off a little bit on this story because I'm not, it's not quite over. <clears throat> because I got to, you know, the guy that took us on this trip, which was, was my brother-in-law, was Glenn. And uh, what's really, really crazy about it is, so we get on these horses, right? Well, actually, we weren't on the horses. We were up on top of this mountain. And uh, so we're all standing there you know, doing this with our hands so that we can hold onto the horn on the way back down. And I says to Rusty, I says, we're not, we're not riding the horses down, are we? And he's like, well, you don't have to. He's like, yeah, we're going to, but, but you don't have to if you want to walk. Now listen, everything in my body wanted to grab the horse, the rein, and walk down the hill but I knew that if I didn't if I didn't you know get up on that horse like a man I would never ever hear the end of it Jim I knew that my brother-in-law would not mock me my brother would mock me my dad would mock me and of all people that I didn't want to mock me the man the myth the legend Rusty Phelan would have mocked me till the day I died so I got up on that horse, grabbed the reins, and I said, let's go. There's all kinds of fear in my heart. Why? I'll tell you why. Because on the way down, there's a straight drop-off to the right. Like major injury or death. Okay? 
And I'm like putting my trust in this horse. Now listen, it was so steep. I, I, now, now listen, I showed you this one. I kid you not, I mean, we are leaning back as far as we can lean back, okay? I mean, you ask Glenn, we are leaning back because it's our life that's on the line. And I'm right behind, I'm right behind Glenn's uh, horse. And all of a sudden, the back of, I'm looking at the back of his saddle and it's starting to do this. And, and Glenn, I mean, he's leaning back as far as he can. I mean, he's got the lean going on and this saddle's going up, it's going up. I'm like, Glenn, 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 I, oh, I think your I I uh, uh, saddle's falling off. Glenn, Glenn, I mean, and, and this horse, man. And so this, sure enough, the, the saddle slides up on the neck of this horse. And I'm like, dear God in heaven, my brother-in-law's going to die today. And there's nothing I can do. And I mean to tell you, he's, he's flailing around. Like, he looked like one of those guys riding a bunk, bucking bronco. I mean, he had the form and everything. He's going for it. Only the, the saddle was on the horse's head at this point. And so he bails off. And, you know... I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Where, what on earth is going on? I mean, we just went from bad to worse. This is crazy. He's going to die. And then the horse is flailing around, and he's trying to, like, be the horse whisperer. Shh, it's okay. I'm like, it's not okay, Glenn. You, you missed falling off the side. If you don't quit, you're going to get kicked off the side. Now, I'm telling this funny story, but it all relates to our faith walk. Why? Because here I am, I'm riding down this thing and I'm holding on for dear life. I'm like, Lord, help me, help me, help me, Jesus. My faith and trust is in you. And he's doing the same thing. I guarantee it. He would never admit it, but he's, he was. <laughs> he fell off that horse. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, where is Rusty? I was mad. I'm like, where is he at? My, my brother-in-law's gonna die. But don't we say the same thing? Where's God? Where is he in this? Where, I'm, I'm going through this tough situation. Where is he at? I think the same thing is true for us. It's like we're asking, where are you? But you wouldn't know. Wouldn't you know it? Old Rusty come galloping down on his horse. Galloping, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm just, we're, we're walking slowly. Rusty's just galloping down, and he comes down, and he calms the horse, right? Gets off. In his, in his rusty way with his hat, he calms it. He puts the horse saddle back on there, cinches that thing down. I mean to tell you, that horse had to be in pain. I mean, he cinched that thing down so hard. But you know what Glenn did? He didn't walk. He got thrown off. He got thrown right off that horse. Actually, he fell off the horse. The saddle fell off his horse. The saddle failed him. He had nothing to do with it. And, that, and doesn't that happen to us sometimes, guys? Where in life, there's things that happen to us. It's not our fault. How did I end up here? Why did I, what? You know, and we can, at, we can stay there. We can stay on the side of the mountain and be like, I don't know why, this, I don't know why my, my saddle fell off. But, but Rusty put that saddle back on him, on the horse, not on, not on Glenn. You can come up here, Linda. He put that saddle back on that horse. And he cinched that baby down, and there wasn't one second where Glenn's like, yeah, I don't, I'm not real sure. He didn't stand there and be like, you know, I fell off here once. You know, when I hollered for you, and my heart horse was going crazy, and you didn't come, and you didn't help me, he didn't do that. 
he, he, he got right back up on that horse and he, he, he grabbed the reins, he grabbed the horn, he leaned way back because he needed to. And he trusted, trusted that Rusty had put that thing on there. He trusted that, that what Rusty said about those horses being able to get down that hill. And the same thing is true in our lives, guys. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take roads and paths we're going to have to go up some really steep embankments and our feet might be hanging off the back of the horse. They might, just might, right? I look like a complete and total idiot, but it wasn't about that. It was about living. And so for us, you know, it, our faith might not look great. It might look terrible. It might look like, I don't know what's going on there. But that's not what he asked us to do. He said, man, if you got faith like a mustard seed, you can, you can say to this, move, and you can say to that, move. The question is, will you do that? Will you move past the circumstances, move past the things that, that you know, maybe you've fallen off the horse. Maybe you've, you've uh, you know, called on him and he hasn't been there like Rusty wasn't there. I don't know. But what I'm here to tell you today is, is that even though in your mind and maybe even in your heart, he's failed you or maybe he didn't it doesn't look like he came through for you can i tell you that he loves you he cares about you and i know that on this side it, it, it we may not understand but man he's here for us he's he loves us he wants the very best for us he wants our faith to grow he wants us to increase he wants us to be able to to maybe uh, you know step up in areas of our lives but it comes through that, that, that us taking those steps. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, we just come before you today. And Father, I just thank you for the word. Lord, I know that it's powerful. Father, I know that it, it's, it's the only thing in our lives that can transform and change. And so I just want to give people an opportunity that if maybe there, there's something in their life that they just want to get right with you. If there's something in their life that's been a challenge, if there's something in their lives that it's like, I don't know where you are, Lord. If there's been a question, if there's been, you know, maybe you've walked away and you're maybe not engaged with your faith. Today is the day to turn that around. Today is the day to say, you know what? I'm going to put my foot back in the stirrup. I'm going to crawl back up on the saddle and I'm going to walk in faith as he has asked me to walk in faith. So if you're that person and you've maybe missed it, maybe you've walked away, maybe you feel like he's let you down, today's the day. Today's the day to say, Lord, with my hand raised, that's me. Is there anybody in here that you're that person? I see that hand. See that hand. I see that hand. You can put it down. God loves you. He cares about you. And so we're going to pray, and uh, I know that, that uh, there will be change in your life. Lord, we, we, we come before you, and we, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for these people, Lord, that have raised their hands, and they've identified that, that maybe they've stepped away from their trust and their reliance uh, in you. And today, Father God, I just pray that you would strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inward man. Help them, Father God, to, to get back up, to stand up. Maybe, that, maybe it's all they can do is just to stand up, Father. 
I pray that you would help them to stand up and be strong. I pray that you would help them to, to look to you for their strength because your strength is where their strength comes from. And I just thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, hey, I hope you guys got something out of it today. And uh, I trust that you did. I trust that as you leave this place that, that, that things will come back to your remembrance. The life of Joshua, the, the, the steps that he took to live in victory. So um, we're going to take up an offering and uh, bring our tithes just as Joshua did. We're, we're going to honor the Lord with our giving. You know, um, Psalms 122.9 says that for the sake of the house of the Lord, we will seek your prosperity. And we seek his prosperity when we obey his word and we do his word and we honor him. And so that's what we're doing today. We're just taking a portion of what it is that he's blessed us with. We're saying, Lord, I honor you. I give this to you. And we know that when we do that, his word tells us that he'll rebuke the devourer for our sake. He'll open the windows of heaven in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I want that in my life, right? With everything that's going on, I want to know that I'm in good, right standing with my Heavenly Father. But not only that, it's, it's, it's not just the protection side of things. It's not just the blessing side of things for my own life. I want to be a blessing to other people. And so that's what we're doing. All right, let's pray. Father, we just come before you. And I thank you, Father, for this opportunity that we have to honor you.